is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Hi, everybody. Special edition of the Players' Lounge. Normally, we are a show that comes at you on Fridays, but because of Good Friday, we are going to do the show today on Thursday, and we'll try to make sure we... we um, you know, retweet it and put it out on all the social media channels. So um, let all your friends know, in case they miss the show, that we did the show today. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by our man, former Cowboys safety Barry Church, our our other running mate, uh, Danny McRae, has got the week off. So, Church, we're going to go. We've got a whole lot of topics to get to here. It's April Fool's Day, so we're not going to do anything crazy here, um, <laughs> especially knowing that your, your wife already got you on an April Fool's joke today. Man, she, she got me good, man. 6.30 in the morning. Uh, I hear a loud bang. I wake up. She's like, oh, my goodness, babe. The, the shovel is, is falling all over your sports car. The window's busted. I'm like, oh, man. So I get up, crust all in my eyes. I'm running to the door. Oh, what's going on? Man, as soon as I get to the garage door, April Fool's. Ah, oh, man. You know, I, I, it took me a minute to laugh because I was kind of mad at first. And I was like, man, I forgot it was April Fool's. So she got me. She got me a good one today. And see, she got you because she knows she knows that 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 hot button point. You know your car. That oh car yeah, means something. So she knew. Oh if she yeah. Mess with you with the car. <laughs> you go ahead. What? 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 Not my. Not my car. Not my car. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she got me good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's dive into something that that you're talking about. The cowboy fans. Something they want. And let's dive into the why it hasn't happened yet. Talking about linebacker K.J. Wright looking at the Dallas Cowboys in terms of trying to improve this football team. Something we talked about here on the Players' Lines, I advocated is, hey, bring in some guys that know Dan Quinn's system. We did. You saw him do it with coaches. You've done it with some players. Why not add an even better player than Keanu Neal and DeMonte Casey and K.J. Wright, who spent 10 years as a linebacker with the Seattle Seahawks, um, he's won a world championship there, and he's a free agent now. So uh, K.J. Wright, 31 years old, started 16 games the last two seasons, 86 tackles, one interception, 10 passes, uh, defended last year, and 11 tackles for loss, a 2016 Pro Bowler. What do you like about Wright, and why do you want him? Look, uh, to me, I think K.J. Wright would be an upgrade over what we have at the linebacker position right now. I mean, no disrespect to LVE and uh, Jalen Smith, but I just believe K.J. is an upgrade. I mean, look, he can go out there and he can be that guy that covers so that you don't have to bring a safety down or, or, or get one of these secondary players to come down and cover a tight end. Because as you just mentioned, last year he had 10 passes defense. And that's huge for any defensive back to have 10 passes defense. But he did that at the linebacker position. And if you saw what he did at the Seattle defense or what he's done for the Seattle defense, he was that cover guy. Even when they had Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas back there, he was that guy that took away tight ends and allowed Cam Chancellor to be that that thumper, that that rat, that low hole player that looks for crossers and just uses his instinct to make plays out there. So I think it'd be a huge upgrade if we were able to get KJ right. He has the long arms, and like I said, he can cover, and he's an all-down linebacker. He can play against the run, so he can be your first and second down guy, and he can play against the pass, so he can be that third down guy. The only thing I don't 
really necessary love about the move if we try to get KJ right, even though I see it as an upgrade, it's what are you going to do with Keanu Neal? I mean, we got him in here to be that linebacker, that hybrid linebacker, maybe a third down sub package guy. And basically, KJ Wright can do all that and more because he can be your first and second down linebacker. So if we bring him in there, what are we going to do with Keanu Neal? Are we going to move, transition him all the way back to, to be that, that primary strong safety? And to me, I don't think that's a good move. I mean, we've seen this guy in the past. Yes, he's a thumper. Yes, he's a good box safety. But when you put him in the deep end of the field, when you make him that true safety, he struggles. He struggles in, in coverage as well, either zone or man. He can struggle. So for me, I like where Keanu Neal is right now, being that sub linebacker. But if you bring in an upgrade like KJ Wright, something has to happen. Either you move Keanu Neal back, you you take you know snaps away from Jalen Smith, or you get rid of Jalen Smith altogether. I'm not sure what that cap hit will be because you know he his uh his salary I believe is fully guaranteed now as of a couple weeks ago or a couple uh, days ago. So for me. Uh, I just don't understand what you would do bringing him in, even though he's an upgrade and even though he can help this defense immensely. You just already have so many players in those pieces. Um, I would go, I would go ahead and do it, and I would get rid of Jalen, or I, would, or I would just put him in there and with with Keanu Neal on third downs. But overall, it's just you know you you don't know what to do, even though I see him as an upgrade. We just got to see what the front office thinks. All right, so. Let me look at the Seattle end of this before I go back into the Dallas Cowboys positive of, of, of trying to bring in a K.J. Wright. Ten-year player. Um, we're talking about a guy who's been their Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. So, uh, you know, a good guy overall. Why haven't they got him a new deal? We're talking about a team That's that true. consistently competes in the playoffs. Does that not set off a red flag in, in, for you that Hey, here's a real good football player. They're saying, eh, we don't know. I could see that, but it's like, you know, he, like you just mentioned, he played 16 games the past two seasons. So it's not like he's injury prone or he, he's missing games out here. And, and yeah, he's getting up there in age. Once you cross that, that 30 threshold of the NFL, everybody kind of starts looking at you like a grandpa. But he's still making plays out there and he's still playing at a high level. You just mentioned the, the 10 passes defense. So for me, I, man, I, I'm not sure why they haven't brought him back. I mean, maybe they're, you know, trying to get younger or going towards this rebuild. But to me, he still has the ability to play and he still has the ability, ability to play at a high level. So I'm not quite sure why, you know, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks haven't brought him back. But hopefully the Cowboys can go ahead and make that move for him. See, if I were in scouting and I'm Will McClay, that's the question I want answered. Like a good lawyer. Yeah. Let me figure out and find out why I do not have, why this player does not have a contract when he's been so good for so long in this organization. Um, that, that, that's something mm -hmm. I dive into. Now, on the flip side, if you're Dan Quinn, obviously, to get a player that knows your system, who you've won a Super Bowl with, that's valuable. And, and I could see the move for the Cowboys and why they'd want a K.J. Wright. Here comes the next question you have. What does he want? You know, that, that, mm. that truly is the big thing there. What does, what does K.J. Wright want? To me, if I'm a good football player and I'm out here this year in this market, especially since the first wave of free agency and the good money's gone, I would like a one-year deal so I can put myself in a position next year that the cap can go up a little bit more and possibly get myself a multi-year deal. But at the same time, he's 31 years old. So he may be looking yeah, for a multi-year deal right now to say, hey, look, I don't know at 32 if somebody's going to be willing to give me one as a linebacker. So what does K.J. Wright want in order to play for the Dallas Cowboys? 
And and if I'm KJ Wright, you know, I'm looking at Levante David. I think they're about the same age. I think maybe David may be 30 and uh, KJ Wright's 31. But he just got a multi-year deal with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I think he's getting 11, 11 per year, if I'm not mistaken. So there's money to be had out there for him in that age range. But like you said, if I'm him, I might be just signing the one year and hopefully they can get him for maybe a one for six or one for seven. And then when that money taps in with that TV agreement with the NFL and those in the in the cat goes skyrockets back up, he'll be able to hit the market again for a multi-year deal. But like you're saying, that by the time that hits, I mean, he might be 32, 33 by that time. And, and yeah, that age is hard. It's really hard to get a multiple year deal unless you're a quarterback at that age in the NFL. So he may be looking to hit hit it hit it one last time, hit a, hit a big deal one last time like Levante David did. But if he's looking for that, I'm sadly mistaken. The Cowboys are not. I don't think they'll be in the plans of making him a multi-year deal. I think this is more of a one-and-done type deal. And if they can get that done, I'm all for it. All right, you're checking out the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com. We're brought to you by Hotels.com. So if you have K.J. Wright, Leighton Vanderesh, and Jalen Smith plus a Keon O'Neal, if you're going into um, a, a nickel package, who are the two linebackers you want out there? If you say we have K.J.? Right. If you add K.J. Wright, who, you know, you know, you're going in a, a nickel and dime situation. Who's going off the field? Yeah. If, I, if it's a nickel situation, which is usually just two linebackers in there, I'm going with KJ and I'm going with LVE. Um, the reason I'm taking Jalen and, and Keanu Neal out, um, one with Keanu Neal, if, the, if they do decide to run the ball and get us in nickel and, and bring out 11 personnel just to get us in nickel to run the ball, I got to have a bigger body in there. You know, nothing against, you know, Keanu Neal. I know he's a thumper down in there. But when you get those 300-pound linebackers or linemen running at you, it's hard to get them off you. It's very, very hard to get them off you. And at his size being undersized as a linebacker in there, I think he would just get swallowed swallowed whole in there. So I got to have a, a bigger body in there. So I'm going with LVE. And then KJ Wright, he can do all the things as far as covering is concerned that a Keanu Neal can do. So I put KJ Wright out there with him. I let him handle all the coverage responsibilities, dropping back being that low hole player whatever you want to be and i let lve handle the uh, run responsibilities and getting everybody lined up so i'd have those two out there just for the simple fact you got one big guy for the run one guy who's great at coverage but he's also a bigger body that can help in the run i just don't see jalen smith or keanu neal being able to provide that so for me i got both of those guys in going to nickel and i think that'd be a hell of a nickel combination i mean you got kj Wright, lve you got you know wilson back there at the strong KZ if he's able to come come together in, a, in at the free safety and you got some you got two corners hopefully Patrick Sertan in there and a solid nickel you know I, yeah, that's that's a hell of a combination to throw out there so like I said I hope we do get KG up in here so and I'm just pontificating here the the if mm-hmm. if you sign KJ yep. Wright so if you have KJ Wright Leighton Vanderesh Jalen Smith Luke Gifford Keanu Neal that's five linebackers and with an extra game added to the schedule. And looking at the health history in the past of a Leighton Van Resch, this could be something Dan Quinn can work with. And we keep talking about you know, giving the carpenter tools. If he had these five linebackers here, I believe these could be good tools that, that he could go out on opening day and feel good about his football team at the linebacker's position. And this is before you get to the draft, which happens later on this month. Oh, without a doubt. And then, like you said, Luke Gifford, you'd have depth there. And a Luke kid can also help out on special teams. So, like, to me, the linebacker position is where you want the most depth at. 
outside of the defensive line just because they can do so many things. They can, you know, they got the run, they got the pass, but they can right. also help you out on special teams. You always want that big body guy that can run who's athletic on special teams. You've got to have that in there. And I think that's where the linebacker position can help us overall with having more depth, helping on special teams and helping with the injury factor because we know LVE, he hasn't lasted since his rookie year. So we know at, at a certain point in this season, he may miss a game or two. Wouldn't you love, love to have an easily replacement in there? Ah, KJ, go in there and handle business. You wouldn't even miss a step right there. I think it would be a solid move. But we got to see what Will and the front office are going to do. All right, so let's dive into this DeMonte KZ contract. It's one year, $1.27 million, and the player got $137,500 to sign. When you see that, you basically come to the conclusion that, all right, the Cowboys' $5 million contract, a whole lot of it is just kind of smoke, which is what I was going to say about the Levante David contract in Tampa Bay. They're signing yeah. a bunch of these contracts with voidable years, so a lot of it is smoke. So the yeah. whole KZ deal of $5 million really isn't $5 mil, But in your opinion, what are Wait, the Cowboys... Wait, KZ got $5 say- mil? I mean, not Casey. Neil got five million, but I yeah, mean, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. what 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 um, Neil got the five million, KZ. but I mean, what Casey's got with the one year, uh, one point one two seven million dollars. What do you think they're saying about the player? I'm saying that they're telling him, look, you got to come here, you got to make the team. I mean, it's not if you get not not to say that that's such a low number, but when you're talking about NFL and you're talking about contracts in the secondary and starting safeties and what they're getting out there. When you get a number that low, they're telling that player, look, you you got to make the team. You're not guaranteed to come in here and, look, you, you are solidified as a starter day one. They gave you basically money that, you know, that you got to go out there and earn your job and you got to earn your reputation out there. And I think KZ will be able to do that, seeing as though when he is healthy, he is a ball hawk out there. And that's what we kind of need at that free safety position, especially in that hole in Dan Quinn's position, because you need a guy that has super range that could go back and forth. So if he can come onto the field healthy um, and playing his best ball, then I think he'll be able to make the team. But it shows me that this team is saying you got to make it. And that also they, they, they're going to look at a safety in the draft. They're going to look at a safety, I think, in the draft that can help or that can promote some type of competition back there. Because if they wanted KZ to have the job solely, they, they would have paid him as such. And they would have said, hey, you know, here, this is your job to have. We want you to be the leader back there. But they didn't pay them. They gave him that minimum with, I think it was a $137,000 uh, yes. signing bonus. So to Sign me, he has to, he has to make the team. And they're going to bring in competition, whether it be the draft or whether they bring in somebody else in free agency, they're going to bring in competition. But the sole job of that free safety, I don't think, is uh, just simply KZ's job. He's going to have to make the team, get healthy, and he's going to have to compete in camp. And um, if he's able to do that and come out with the job, then they have a good free safety on their hands for the low. But uh, overall, he's going to have to make the team, and I think they're going to bring competition for him. I think of this as a positive. Positive meaning, okay. all right, here's somebody that understands the system so he can help teach it to the other people. Uh, the other positive is if, if KZ is not the player that they think he is, they can cut him and they're not losing any money. And yeah. The other positive to me is you need options. I mean, this is a team that last year, when stuff went bad, the options were awful. Okay, the options were awful. So if they bring yeah, they're Worley at corner, right? Right. So if you've got KZ and you can add some more through uh, the draft, possibly more through free agency, once again, give the carpenter more tools to work with. So I, I'm I'm trying to be 
positive in terms of looking at what they're doing and how this can work. Ultimately, you're going to need options. Dudes aren't always going to be healthy on a defense or on the offense in case he's a guy coming off an injury. So I think the Cowboys have really protected themselves in a lot of ways here. If KZ ends up playing well, then great. I go back and look at a, a kid from TCU, Jason Verrett, who ended up signing a one-year deal last year with San Francisco at cornerback. Played really well. It was a former first-round pick of the Chargers. Couldn't stay healthy. Last year, one-year deal. Played well and ended up signing another deal with them. So I kind of look at KZ this situation here. It's a deal that goes heavily towards the team and the, gives the player something to really strive for and the players at least in a system that the player understands and I just I just see a lot of positive check marks here for the Cowboys from a financial well, standpoint and the potential of what the player could do if helping. Let me ask you a question, Louis. Why, why do you think this organization just it puts such a low just a, such a low bar on the safety position? Like what you, you don't think they would why wouldn't they go out there and solidify that safety position? They could have got, you know, Anthony Harris for five million, they could have got a Ricardo Allen for nothing crazy. It wouldn't have broke the bank. But they would have solidified it like, look, this is our guy going forward at free safety. This is it. Instead of running all these, you know, all these not examples, but experiments like, you know, they all these experiments right. they got going on instead of just solidifying that free safety. Why do you think that is? This is the frustration for me as a media member of not having an opportunity to talk to Dan Quinn. I would love to ask him the question. What are you looking for back here? Tell me what the blueprint is for this defense here in Dallas that you're going to run because we don't know. And and the other portion is they keep telling us, hey, we, we got some money, but we know they don't really have some money. So that's, you know, these are great, great, great questions. And maybe they're thinking that they'll get somebody post June 1st or they're thinking, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll try to address this as much as we can in the draft. I don't know, Barry. I mean, really, I, I, I don't know because I'm not really 100% sure of what the blueprint is, not just for the defense, but overall for the organization right now, where you're trying to go, where you're trying to get to. Uh, go back to Ezekiel Elliott, because I had a guy stop me yesterday when I was taping my, uh, taping my sports cast outside. He says, man, how many more years of Zeke? And I said, if I were you, I wouldn't be frustrated with him. I said, I wouldn't be frustrated with the player as much as I would be frustrated with the process that the organization paid Ezekiel Elliott $90 million at the time, the richest contract for a running back, and they go hire a coach who doesn't believe in the run game. That's not what he does. He's a passing game guy. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you can look at the player, but really, at some point in time, when do you look at the organization and say, well, what are you? you know, what are you trying to do? Because we had a better clue of what they were trying to do under Jason Garrett. We knew they wanted to run the football, have a big old offensive line. But if you're trying to be a passing team, do you need a big offensive line? And do you need to have spent this much money on the running back? Oh, by the way, you're still going to be dealing with his contract for a couple of more years. Uh, we just saw the signing bonus money get kicked in here. So it's not like you just cut, cut Ezekiel and just move on your way. So uh, th these are the things I said, go back overall. Barry, I'm frustrated by because I don't know. Yeah. You know, who are you? That, that's really a question. And I got it from Buck Showalter when he once managed the Texas Rangers and he's gone on to manage in the major leagues a long time with different clubs. So he always would say, knew it. Thing I always ask management, who are we and what are we trying to be? And I think that's a legitimate question you can ask the Dallas Cowboys. Who are you? Because before they signed Ezekiel Elliott, what did everybody say? This was a running football team. You don't want Dak Prescott yeah. out there by himself. Dak Prescott's not good without Ezekiel Elliott. Look at his record. And then... They turned the football team really over to Dak Prescott. So 
That that's that's a big question I have, and I'd love to talk to Dan Quinn to get some more about you know some more thoughts on what he wants this defense to be, and the whole safety position. It's like, dude, you were Seattle, you had Earl Thomas. You know, this is how you, you, know, you ran your defense. You had, you had Neil and KZ when you were in Atlanta, and these guys helped you end up go, you know, going to a Super Bowl. So what is it you want here, and is it here, or do you need to go acquire it and get more of it? Obviously, they'll tell you, hey, you know, KZ knows what we want to do, so they'll, they'll pump that up. But you've already yeah. talked about how coming off an injury, you don't know exactly know what you have, and the fact that they put so little money in KZ tells you what their faith level is. So I'd love to understand from Dan Quinn, what is it you need on the back end to complete and compete with this defense? Yeah, like, like you said, what's the identity of the back end? I mean, are we, are we going to be more of a, a Seattle back end where they played, they played man, but it really wasn't a match man. Like Sherman didn't travel with the number one receiver. They didn't do any of that stuff. And they were they were a high zone team. Like they played man, but they were a high zone team. A lot of cover three, a lot of just roaming by the safeties and roaming by the corners. Is that what we're going to be? Because, I mean, as we've seen, Diggs is, I think Diggs, in my opinion right now, I think he's more of a man corner and he locks down. Sertan, on the other hand, he, he can go out there and he can do both. He has a pedigree of, do, of doing both. So what type of type of system are we going to run? We have a whole safety in KZ. Granted, if he comes back healthy from injury, who's able to be that red line to red line or rangy safety? We got that in the box kind of Cam Chancellor kind of knock your head off. Keanu Neal in the box right there as well. So are we trying to model that Legion of Boom? Or, or are we going in a different direction? I, these are the questions that I wish... You know, Dan Quinn would give us a solid answer on, uh, but we're just going to have to wait until the season begins. But I definitely see them addressing this secondary in the draft, whether it be Sartan at the corner or getting a, a Richie Grant or somebody like that at safety to compete with KZ and to compete with Wilson. I don't think we're done in the secondary, but I would just like some answers as to what the identity of this defense is going to be. All right, we'll get into some of these players later on here. Let me write down Richie Grant. Um, Richie Grant is a guy that at 44 I'm not big on, as so many other people here are, right here on the Dallas Cowboys, on the Dallas Cowboys podcast network. But, hey, you know, we all have our things. Let's take a break here. we got to get into the fact that the NFL now has a 17-game regular season coming up in 2021, which means you can have no more, as Jeff Fisher would say, that's 79. Boom. So, <laughs> You can't hey. Somebody you know gonna find a way to go eight and eight. You know, somebody gonna eight find a way to go eight and eight. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know eight, 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 You can go eight, eight, one. But you know, so, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, we'll dive into Kyle Pitts, uh, Patrick Sertain, Justin oh. Fields, Richie Grant. We'll dive yes. into that as well. Yes. As the Players Lounge with Newey Scruggs and Barry Church continues right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. 
Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaner professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, Cowboys fans, show your football pride at the Pro Shop, the official store of Dallas Cowboys Nation. Score classics like your favorite player jerseys, tees, hats, plus exclusive collections and unique accessories. With options from Nike, New Era, and many other brands, the Pro Shop has more Cowboys gear than anyone in the game. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or go online at shop.dallascowboys.com. All right, you're checking out the Players' Lounge right here. On DallasCowboys.com radio, Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety Barry Church. Our other running buddy Danny McCray has the day off. All right, next week we're back to Friday, but we're doing this on Thursday. Good Friday is tomorrow, and uh, all the podcasts will take the day off here. Let's dive into something that I think is big that people aren't talking enough about on social media concerning all players, especially at Cowboys Nation, Barry Church, and that is that the NFL owners approved a 17th game. That 17th game is going to be the Cowboys at New England to take on the Patriots. Mm. They do... They do not play well at New England. Uh, they've never beaten Bill Belichick at New England. So Mike McCarthy versus Bill Belichick is the uh, added game that the Cowboys are going to get. As a football player, Barry, and having played this game and gone through 16, what does a 17th game mean for the body? And how do the Cowboys as an organization need to start thinking about having 17 games? Uh, 17 games. So the positives about that, as for a player is, look, you get more money. That 17th game, you're going to get another check. You got more revenue coming in, um, a bigger piece of the pie with the owner. So you got more money coming in. And this is something that the players, I don't think, they, they agreed upon this already. So it's not like they can really pretty much complain about it. I know I've seen a lot on social media, the players like, oh, my goodness, a, a 17th game. Miles, my body can barely stand up for 16. Now you want me to do a 17th. But this is something that y'all agreed upon. This is something that the CB, the new CBA, when it came out, the owners proposed this, and you guys agreed upon it as a player. So there's not really much complaining that the players can do because they already agreed upon this. Now, when we're talking about 17th game for the season in the body, I don't think one more game will be that taxing on the body. I mean, look, they, they took out one preseason game, and look, preseason, 
for if you're if you're a bona fide starter, you're you're rarely playing anyways. You might get in for you know a quarter, maybe a two quarters on that third preseason game. It's kind of a warm up for the season. So the preseason, you're not really doing that if you're a starter. And then the 17 games during the regular season or 16 games during the regular season, yeah, it's a task. It'll beat your body down, and you by the time 16 weeks come around, you're like, oh man, this is this has been a rough one. But that one more game, I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference from the 16th game. I can see if it was going up to 18 or going up to 19 games, but one more game, I think these players should be able to handle that. So to me, they don't have the right to really complain when you signed off on that. You're getting extra money. I don't see it as a as a as that big of a deal to add one more game to these players. I mean, I've seen some complaining about it, but overall, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And plus, you're getting more money. I say you make it happen. But when we come to this New England matchup, man, I, I'm one and three against New England. One and three. I don't know what it is about what they do up there, but it is hard. It is extremely hard to win up there, whether it's the weather conditions, whether they just got your number, whether they just, you know, whether they scouted you to death. I don't know what it is, but running up in New England is hard. And that 17th game, I hope. And I hope it's not to get to the playoffs. Like we got to win this game in order to get to the playoffs. I hope that's not the case because it's extremely hard to win in New England against Bill Belichick. And Cam Newton, he got some weapons. They went in free agency and got some weapons there. So I, I think it might be a nice little battle up there. But hopefully it ain't, it ain't for nothing to get to the playoffs. So we already got that sealed up. The schedule has yet to come out. If, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm hoping to get to New England in September. That, that to me is the yes. you want to play this game as yes. early as possible uh, is they're trying to add the new weapons and integrate them into their offense and, and, and defense. But I just sit here and think about you don't want to be there in December. You don't want to be there in November. Yeah. I was there for that last Cowboys game up in Foxborough. It was a cold, wet, rainy day. Neither offense could get going. Uh, the Patriots were down wide receivers, and the game was won on special teams. It was one yep. on a block. <laughs> it was one on a block. Uh, a block punt. Patriots recovered, scored a touchdown, and that was that was kind of the end. And I remember uh, talking with Jerry Jones afterwards. I'm standing there next to Edward, and Jerry was hot, and you could tell at that point in time he was done with Keith O'Quinn as a special teams coach, and Jason Garrett was going to find his way out of the door. That was where he was because it was a winnable football game. You lost the game. Because you got out coached. You lost the game because you couldn't yeah. execute on special teams that phase of the game where you know, okay, you know Matthew Slater is coming. You know Bill Belichick puts an emphasis there and the Cowboys lost right there. So they've had a tough time up there in New England, man. So I'm telling you, you want to get there as early as possible. It's like a Packers game. If you get see the Packers on the schedule, hope you can get the Packers oh, yeah. in October. You don't <laughs> want to be there late in the year because the odds against and you I are tough. It's tough. And I've been in there. I've been in both situations. I played the Packers in the divisional round of the playoffs when it was bitter cold in Lambeau Field. We all remember it. The catch that should have been a catch, but the refs, I don't know, they were smoking wacky tobacco or whatever they were smoking out there because it should have been a catch. But anyways, the conditions are terrible in Lambeau Field. That's another place you don't want to go. And in Foxborough, I was there for the AFC Championship in 2017. It wasn't the, it was just the bitter wind like it felt like the wind was just cutting through your pads because it wasn't raining and it wasn't like it, when the wind stopped it wasn't like it was you know unbelievably freezing cold like the frozen tundra but the wind man the wind cuts through your pads it cuts through your jerseys whatever under armor nike stuff you got on it cuts through that stuff so look if we can get them on the schedule early 
I think we got a better chance than being late in the season, going against Belichick and going against all those opt-ins and free agents once they gelled. I hope we get them knocked out earlier in the season because, like you said, it, it's hell going up to New England in the uh, in late in the year like that. When I look at a 17-game schedule and I think about some of the players that the Cowboys have had who've dealt with health issues the past few seasons, I think of uh, tackles Tyron Smith, Lel Collins. You think about linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, and here they are bringing in um, Keanu O'Neill and Demonte KZ, guys who've battled injury. This 17th game, to me, speaks to the fact that you really have to understand mm. and get depth. You need depth. Because it's already shown, we saw last year how tough it was to get through 16 games for this football team. Now you're adding one more. Depth becomes very important. And I also come into this when I think about depth. And church, you understand this because you cut your teeth here. Special teams, man. You know, when you yeah. start losing guys, special teams is where a lot of these backups are, are going to be coming from. And then if they're playing specials, if you take them off, who takes their place? Um, this is this is an important phase of the football game that the Cowboys, in my opinion, have got to figure out how to win it. If they can figure out how if they, if they can win the offensive and special teams phase of the football game, they're going to have an opportunity to win this division. That's how I feel. I don't know if they can. But that's just my feeling of how can you improve this football team in 2021. But adding a 17th game is going to tax you in some areas here. It's going to be taxing. It's going to be taxing. And like you said, we have a team that's fielded with guys, I hate to say it, but guys that are injury prone. I mean, look, you got Tyron Smith. Lyle Collins just came off hip. Zach Martin, our whole linebacking crew. I mean, our whole safety crew, if you think about it. Keanu Neal with the Achilles. KZ with the Achilles. So we're fielding a team with injury-prone players. So that 17th game, it could be extremely taxing for this team. But that's why I love the signings of a guy like C.J. Goodwin, who can come in here, help the special teams out. You don't really have to take him from the defense to be a, right. uh, be a part of the special teams. He, he's already entrenched in the special team, so he can be there for you. And also, I hope they get this done, but with that 17th game, we need a guy like Joe Looney. We need a guy that can go out there and he can be that interior swing offensive lineman. He could be he could play guard, center, or the opposite guard. We need somebody like that who can fill in, especially with adding another game. I don't think it'll be that taxing, but as injury prone as this as this whole team has been, I think we need to get depth pieces. And Joe Looney would be an excellent depth piece as we've seen him come in and play well for injured uh, Zach or uh, Travis Frederick when he was here, and then he had to move over to guard last year a couple times. So. For me, I feel as though we need to make those signings. But like you said, man, this injury-prone team heading into a 17-game regular uh, regular season, it could be pretty taxing. This is where your pro personnel department has got to be on its game here because we know – Come training camp, if the Cowboys are allowed to have training camp, and by all accounts, just hearing Roger Goodell and what people are saying that this should happen, you're going to mm-hmm. lose guys. And you're constantly having a list of who do we bring in here with a 17-game schedule here. I, I am, I'm worried about, okay, where do you go? Also, we hadn't spoke about it very much, but the backup quarterback position here, where do the Cowboys mm. go? You weren't thinking of that you needed a backup quarterback last year, but you did. And Andy Dalton was we, the guy that they were we, able to rely on. So where do you we go? We good there, you know we good there, baby. You know, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going. We are good at back. I'm telling you, you got to trust in Double G, man. You got to trust in Gilbert. 
He's shown that he could come in. He could play, man. He saw against the Steelers when they, at the time, they were undefeated. Defense was rolling. He came in and played well. I think you got to give him a shot to at least be the backup here. I, I, I think he, I think he can help you out, especially if something were to happen. Let's knock on wood. But especially if something were to happen to Dak Prescott, I think he could come in and do some damage, man. So I, I think we're personally good. I'm probably the only one out here in the Cowboys fan and fandom or whatever that believes in Gilbert. But I'm telling you, I think we're good at that backup spot. I would I would venture to say this that Will McClay and Mike McCarthy <laughs> would have their eyes open to see is there a potential backup player that they could improve upon from Garrett Gilbert. Uh, with ten draft picks, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to upgrade from Ben DiNucci. I, I to me, I oh go yeah, back he, to he this, gotta be out of here. I go back to what Bill Parcells used to say: you're always trying to churn the bottom of your roster. Okay, that bottom of the yeah. roster, you know, you're trying to look at these, how can we get better here? How can we find another person? The Cowboys did it last year in getting Andy Dalton. There was an, you know, a circumstance that just worked out well for them. So to me, that's what I'm looking to do. And Ben DiNucci, I don't, you know, look, let's be fair to DiNucci from this standpoint, Barry. He didn't have a full mm-hmm. training camp. He didn't have an offseason. He didn't. And when he, got th- when he got thrown in there, you got thrown into the toughest level of competition out there, and you're going from playing at James Madison University to going on the road on Sunday Night Football to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's tough. That's tough. I don't think we should judge him and several other draft picks based on last year alone to say, man, this guy's no good. Let's give him a shot. But if you have 10 draft picks and you're getting towards, you're looking towards the, the sixth, you know, sixth round or so, and you see a guy that you say, oh, oh, look, we think we could get something with this player, and Mike McCarthy thinks that they can develop him, something to think about. That, that, that's, that's what I see. And, and so you could have somebody that's pushing Ben DiNucci. Now, DiNucci at least yeah. has the ability. He, he's been in the offense for a year. He's going to have a little bit better understanding. But I'm, I'm of the belief that you should always take a quarterback. I do think that Ron Wolf did very well with that, that philosophy of let's always look for a guy. And through the years, you saw them move on from an Aaron Brooks, um, a Matt Hasselback, a Kurt Warner. They went through dudes. They went through some yeah. good players. Mark Brunell, Mark Brunell was up there at Green Bay for a while. So they went through a lot of quarterbacks. And through the years, uh, you know, they, they were on point about what they were doing. So I'll be interested to see if the Cowboys continue this with the draft. I hope they do, especially armed with 10 yeah. picks. Um, and I, I, you don't know how many guys. I don't see 10 players making this, 10 picks making the football team. But no, no. Stranger, thi- stranger things have happened, but I don't think so. This this is true. And, I, and you know what? I'm also surprised that the Cowboys didn't at least kick. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they did. But they didn't kick the tires on a Colt McCoy. I mean, I think he's over in, uh, I think maybe Arizona signed him or something. Like Arizona. That. That's a guy that, no. that's been, you know, he's been in the Come league on, for a long time. He's, he's proven as a backup. He, and he came in and he, he he was a part of that win over Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, when he was with New York last year. Was that, was that last year? Yeah, I believe he was with the, the win over Seattle. He's a guy that he beat us before. He came in as a backup in Washington and beat the Dallas Cowboys. So I, to me, I'm surprised they didn't kick the can on a guy like that. I'm all right. Um, I'm all right. You're all right on that. You, you don't want, the, you don't want none of that. That Colt McCoy. Uh, you know what? I believe that there'll be another Colt McCoy that can can get free. Okay, especially once okay. this is the beauty of the draft. Once the draft gets done, and once guys, once teams have to start signing these guys too, I do believe we're going to see some post June cuts. We're going to see some guys be available. That that will happen. Okay. So so I, I'm not. Oh my gosh, let's go get Colt McCoy. I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you good on that? I, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good. Or look, hey. or look at a Trubisky. 
Look, Trubisky got what? What two point five to go to Buffalo? They're like we could have made a move on that. I mean, I know he's not, dude. He's dude. not. You know, you don't want him to be your dude. starter or nothing like that. Dude. But he comes in for 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 a game. For a game, maybe. Uh, you know, hey, you know, you never know. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Look. Ah! I get- I I, I I watch I watch a lot of Carolina football, man. And the thing about Mitchell Trubisky coming out of school that I never understood, he couldn't beat out Marquise Williams. And the coaching staff was trying to beat. They're trying, like, dude, you could beat this guy. He could never beat Marquise Williams, who's nothing more than a practice player on an NFL squad for a couple of years. So I had I had questions there. Then he had only 13 starts, and so he ends up being third team All ACC behind uh, Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman that year at Louisville, and, and Deshaun Watson, who, who who went on to win a national championship. So I just never got the whole Trubisky deal, and, and I shake my head at the process of how this guy got pushed up in the draft process, and people thought he was going to do all these things that I just like, huh? Wait. And so when you talk about bringing Mitchell Trubisky, and now you know what you are? Now you're adopting that dog from the shelter This this had its issues, behavioral <laughs> issues, a problem, might be bite. You don't know what you're getting out of this. You don't know what kind of dog you're getting, you know? You got it from the pound. We don't know. <laughs> but, the, but the expectations so, would be so much lower. The expectations I, would be so I don't much want lower that. here for him. I don't want that dude. Okay? I don't want that dog, okay? I'm going to try to find a better dog, all right? No, no. Oh, man. I don't want, I don't want that, man. I'm good. I'm good, mm, man. I'm, he's like, hey, he's so like you, that... Uh, you, when you go to the pound, you see when they say mix, terrier mix, you know, um, um, <laughs> you're like that mix, you know what the mix is. Cause they told me, cause our dog, our dog looks like a boxer. Like, ah, it's a boxer. And then when we looked at the, the little, the little card, it said boxer mix. Like, huh? Well, what's the mix? Mix was pit bull. They don't, they don't say boxer pit bull. Cause you probably, I, I don't want no part of the pit bull. So you don't know. I don't um, know when I get Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> So I don't want let Buffalo deal with that. I, you're the Cowboy. We're not uh, here to deal with with a dude who's been all scattershot. I don't know what I'm getting there, man. I don't know. I don't know because this dude has been put through the ringer. Remember the story where that came out that he was mad that they had NFL Network on at the facility because they were trashing him. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was soft, man. That was yeah. soft. I couldn't believe he said something like that, man. Like, yeah, come right. on, man. You, you're a starting I mean, quarterback in the National Football League. You said, turn it off because I don't want to hear the negative talk about me. I mean, come on, guy. You got you to right. be, be a little bit stronger than that. Yeah, see, I, I just and, and I, I just look at him overall. This was a this was a player who was overdrafted day one. I was just I was just never a Trubisky fan because I go back to what Bill Parcells used to talk about, how many starts he wanted to see out of a quarterback and what he wanted. He didn't fit any of that. He just did not fit any of that. And the player they were talking about, I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's not better than Deshaun Watson. In fact, went head-to-head with Deshaun Watson and, you know, wasn't even a game. Um, mm. I, I just, when I look at the resume of what Watson had coming out of Clemson, I look at what Mitchell Trubisky, I'm like, how is this a conversation? But it was. And you think about how much Chicago, look, not just Chicago, look at everybody who passed on Mitchell Trubis, I mean, who passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and the quarterback situations they find themselves in today. You got Chicago, mm-hmm. all right? Chicago passed. They were trying to trade three first round picks, try to get Russell Wilson. They don't have a franchise quarterback. So then you had the 49ers. Mm-hmm. 49ers decided they didn't want either one, okay? They're now here with, stuck with Jimmy G, just trading a boatload to get the third pick in the draft. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars. <laughs> okay, yeah. we got the Jaguars. Jaguars, oh, we want to take Leonard Fournette. 
Uh, I think Fournette was four, but they took Leonard Fournette. He's no longer on the football team. Now they've got the number one pick. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. The Jets. Jets decide, no, we're going to take safety Jamal Adams instead of taking Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Here are the Jets with the second overall pick. Talking about dumping Sam Darnold, who they took with number three pick a couple years ago. You know, back in the back in the you know the quarterback business because they haven't gotten a guy. So all these teams who passed on a dude, and I always go back to Watson because he had the proven resume, Barry. That was it. Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, he's a winner. He was a winner. You know, Mahomes was, was a, a guy. Going against a, with Nick Saban? Going against Nick Saban right. and those guys in, in Alabama? He's a winner. I'm surprised, man, just like you. I'm surprised. Right. You know, Cleveland. Cleveland had two shots at him. Cleveland had the number one pick. They took Miles Garrett of Arlington, which turned out to be the right pick. But then they had yeah. the twelfth pick in the first round, and they traded it away. And Houston came up and got it from Cleveland, and they took Watson. So I'm I'm just shaking my head at these teams that made these mistakes here. And after you, after these guys, I mean, think about this now. After these guys have failed, okay? Because Mitchell Trubisky's a failure for them. He's a so failure for sure. What are you going to get, and how much work do you have to do to rebuild this guy? You know, you're, 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 that's a lot. So you're saying the Cowboys right now, Dak Prescott gets hurt again. You want to throw Mitchell Trubisky out there? You be comfortable with that? Nah. You okay? I, I, yeah, I, I tell you, I, said, I am comfortable no. with though. I tell you, I tell you what, we got it. We got to be in agreement. All right, well, can we agree on this one? Double G Gilbert, I think, is a better backup solution. Than what we got in the league right now, like like because you don't you're not a fan of Colt McCoy, you ain't liking the Trubisky, Chase Daniel, ah, I just think he's there. Yeah. So I think I think we got a solid backup. I, I mean, I, unless you unless I you're saying there's something in the fifth or sixth round, I think we got a solid. I think we got a solid option. I would I I, I I'm right here. Take Colt McCoy to camp and go figure it out. I'm mean, not Colt McCoy. I mean Garrett Gilbert. Take Gilbert to camp and figure it out. You're the Cowboys. Okay. I mean, Okay. I, I don't. I don't have. I'm not sitting here saying no, no, no. Let me see more. You know. Let's once again on OTA, a training camp, some preseason contests. Let's see what happens. Mike McCarthy spoke about wanting more competition uh, at his press conference two weeks ago when I was out there. So I'm not opposed to Gary Gilbert, but I'm also not opposed to saying, hey, what else could happen? What else could fall your way? Because you can get lucky that way. And maybe you have another case where, like, Andy Dalton says, hey, look, you know what? Eh, I just want to be right here in Texas, and this makes sense for me. Who knows how the Cowboys can get lucky? Got lucky with Everson Griffin. They got lucky with Robert Quinn. And in each situation was a little bit different. But you saw yourself getting a player that you didn't expect to get at a price that was comfortable for you. So let's see if that ends up turning that way for the quarterback market. All right, look, there's guys I want to get to here, but let's touch on the draft. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Stain, Justin Fields, Richie Grant. We'll do that next as the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com, continues right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, 
you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, tour AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. Tours are available daily. And for details, visit attstadium.com slash tours. You're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We are in our SWBC virtual home studios. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety Barry Church, our other running buddy Danny McCray has the day off. So let's get into the draft. The Cowboys currently have the 10th overall pick in this year's draft, which is this month because now it's April 1st. Kyle Pitts is a guy that Cowboy fans keep salivating over, the tight end from Florida who, in eight games, Church, had 770 yards and 12 touchdowns. He had his pro day this week. He uh, clocked in at uh, 4.44 in his 40 time. He's 246 pounds, nearly 6'6", and has the largest wingspan for a wide receiver or tight end in the last 20 years. So you look at Kyle Pitts, and he checks off a lot of boxes. And here's what I'll say to the Cowboy fans who want him. Stop. The guy's not going to be there at 10, okay? He's not. When you look at everything people say, it's not going to be there. So the retort I keep getting back, well, they said about C.D. Lamb last year. Here's the thing about wide receivers. Church, you understand this very well, having been a defensive back. Different teams have different schemes and different visions for players. The Raiders wanted Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. Their idea was looking at Henry Ruggs basically like a Tyreek Hill 2.0. Hey, man, we want a speedy Mm -hmm. guy. Bam, let him get out here. Ruggs isn't tall, but he's super, super fast. So Jerry Judy ended up fitting exactly what the Denver Broncos wanted in a wide receiver. I mean, these are the things that happen. And, and so wide receivers, you know, it's a different, you know, this is kind of a different play. You want a guy to be an X. So there's different things you want from a receiver in terms of your scheme. Kyle Pitts is a tight end. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, pretty simple of what, what it is you're going to want from the player. So I don't think it's going to be like a CD Lamb where you have, hey, there's these different types of receivers that fit us versus, hey, here's Kyle Pitts. You kind of know what he, he's going to do. Do you want yourself a George Kittle, a, a Travis Kelsey type guy? Kelby. Right, that's, that's what you're kind of looking at right there. So I think it's a lot different than looking at wide receiver. And based on that, I don't see him fall in the tent. If he's the generational talent, and if he's cooking the way our guy Dave Hellman says here on DallasCowboys.com, if he's cooking up <laughs> cornerbacks, then there's no way he falls to 10. That's my take. 
Yeah, there, there's no way. You're completely right, man. It, look, this guy, as everybody says, and all the reports out there, is supposedly this generational talent. And he's a mismatch nightmare, especially when you line him up at the tight end position. And I don't doubt that. The guy ran a 4.45 out there at his pro day at 245 pounds. I mean, that's extremely hard to do. That's extremely hard to run with if you're a linebacker or safety or anything like that. That is pure speed. He has the height. Like you mentioned, he has the 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 arm, the longest arms in the past 20 years, so you know his catch radius is extremely ridiculous. So this guy will not fall all the way to 10. But even if he, for some miraculous, crazy reason he ended up falling to 10, I still wouldn't personally, personally, this is my personal opinion, I would not go and get him. Yes, he can be a mismatch nightmare and all that other stuff. But we already have mismatched nightmares on our offense. Our offense is already loaded. And this is a team sport. It ain't like basketball where you're like, oh, let me just add another superstar and we'll take off. No, this is a team sport. And if you have such a, a heavy loaded offensive side and your defense is struggling mightily like we did last year, I don't care who you got out there. You, you're not going to do anything. You're going to end up being... Well, well, now it'll end up being seven and what, seven and ten or something like that. You you won't be able to go out there and compete on an every game basis because some teams out there, the Bill Belichick teams of, uh, of the world out there, they're going to find a way to take away Kyle Pitts. They're going to find a way to take your offense and knock it down a little bit. And that's when you're going to need your defense to step up. And if we don't have anybody, we don't have talent or anybody on the defensive side of the ball to go ahead and match up. We're going to be struggling. We're going to struggle as a team, and we're going to be right in the same boat we were last year where okay. guys are saying, what's going on? Why are we winning these games? We're giving up too many points. Well, we kicked the can too far down the road on the defensive side of the ball. We need to so, adjust. We need to go ahead and we need to pick defense. I'm going to be completely honest. We need to pick defense. Church, look, I've been singing that same song with you for a while, but I'm going to ask you this question because I consistently hear this uh, when people hit me on, on Twitter at Newey Scruggs. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S uh, on Twitter. Take the best player available and you figure it out, figure out the rest later. Just take the best player available. So if the Cowboys big board has Kyle Pitts rated as one of the top four players in the draft, and if he miraculously, which I don't believe, but miraculously sits there at 10, do you follow your board or do you go with the defensive need? You tell me what you do. No, no, because I feel like that's a luxury for teams that have already have an established team. They already have an established identity on both sides of the ball. They got what they want. And now they're just like, all right, well, let's pick. You know, this is the best guy available. Let's let's just add him. Let's just add him to the team. We don't have that luxury as a Cowboys. Yes, we have a stacked offensive team with multiple guys out there who can catch the ball and do damage after they catch the ball. We're stacked offensively. Defensively, we're the exact opposite. We're injury prone and we got demolished last year. So for me, if you're going out there saying, all right, let's just pick the our, our best or the best available player. He's the highest ranked on our board and let the chips fall from there. I think you're going to sit there and be in the same situation that you were in last year where you have a struggling defense and an offense that can be one injury away from 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 being, you know, not as good as we thought they were coming into the season. So for me, I don't think we have that luxury of going best available player. I think we need to hit the defensive side of the ball and make sure that side of the ball can match our potential and our and our uh, power on the offensive side. If we can do that, then we have a team that can actually do damage out there. But if we're just going to keep stockpiling on the offensive side of the ball, I know it sells tickets and I know they love to put up points and all this TV ratings and all that good stuff, but you're not going to win many games. You need to have a balanced team. And right now, we're a heavily, heavily talented offensive team. 
Not so much on the defensive side of the ball. That's why for me, if there was a defensive lineman or a defensive, you know, person in the front seven that stood out amazingly, I say we would go ahead and had to go get that guy. But there's not that guy in this draft on the defensive line that can make, I think, the changes that this team, that this defense is need. There's, there's just not that guy out there in this draft. So right, for me, so you got to address our secondary, and I think you go to, the, I think you go Sertan. All right. So based on Patrick Sertan and looking at so far of what people are projecting. Okay, we could see a lot of quarterbacks go early on. The Cowboys could could be sitting here looking at Sertan, which, according to most rankings, is the highest-rated defensive player. Let's say he goes nine to the Denver Broncos. If Patrick Sertan's mm. off, if, if 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 Sertan's off the board, where do you go? That's a toughie, man. It depends how it depends how much I think personally. It depends how much you love the corner from South Carolina, uh, J.C. Horn, Horn, I believe his name is. Yeah, I believe yeah, you go because Caleb Farley, the guy from Virginia, the the corner from Virginia, who many had above Sertan before he had this back surgery and all that stuff. I think once he had those injuries and has to have surgery, I don't think you go that team. high. Yeah, he dropped out. You don't you don't want to go that high and uh, and pick him because he won't even be ready until camp. So who knows how to shape and all that other type of stuff. So for me, you got to look at the corner from South Carolina to see if he if he's in the same ballpark or if he's in the same realm as a Sertan and he's worth getting that number 10 pick. If not, then you might want to trade back. You might want to trade back, stockpile some picks and address the defense that that way. Get a lot of picks on the defensive side of the ball that way. But for me, I'm still I'm still even if Sertan for some reason is not there, I'm still not going offense. I just (laughs) to me, I just we just don't have that luxury. So I, I would trade back. So let me throw this here. At 10, would you be comfortable with linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think – because I don't think okay. him at the linebacker would be that game-changing of a player out there. I don't think he he, he brings that, that edge rusher that would go after the quarterback every down. I don't think he brings that Miles Garrett type – playmaking ability every single down. I think he's a he's a great piece, and I think he can be a great piece on a defense that surrounds him with great pieces as well. But at 10, Micah Parsons, he's super athletic. He can, you know, he can, he has all that, but I don't think he can fit in this defense seeing that we already have a Keanu Neal. We got that Jalen. We got that LVE. I just don't see where he would fit and then make our defense that much better. Seeing as a certain, he could come in, plug and play immediately and, and upgrade our secondary. So for me, I still trade back. I don't see Micah Parsons as that type of game-changing player out there. I could be wrong, but I just don't see him as that game-changer. Now, there's thoughts about the Cowboys trading out at 10, and I've talked about it before here. But if you are in, if you're wanting to trade up, say you're the Bears, you want to trade up and you want to acquire a quarterback, you know the Cowboys aren't taking one at 10, so you don't need yeah. to come up to 10. You go to eleven. See what I'm saying? I mean, you you, don't, you, you know, the Cowboys, you you know, Cowboys aren't the team. You you probably don't call the Cowboys, but it'll be interesting. And if Justin Fields and I told you about this process back in December, man, I said, man, man Justin right, Fields is going to fall on this process because it's just the way it happens, man. Um, every year it seems to be a, a not every year, but. Every few seasons, there seems to be a black quarterback in the mix of the first round that just gets obliterated through the scouting process. And Justin Fields getting trashed. Uh, Dan Orlovsky telling uh, the Pat, Pat McAfee that uh, he heard that Fields was, quote, last guy in, first guy out. 
and quote, questions with Justin Fields' work ethic and quote, where's his desire to be a great quarterback? That these were things that people were telling him. Then he comes back out today with a very long, lengthy statement saying, hey, I talked to Ohio State coaches and they dispute what was heard around here, but you're just still seeing Justin Fields take a hit. Now, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, this could play to your benefit. Maybe somebody does want to come to 10 to get Justin Fields. We have seen the 10th overall pick in play if you want a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes was a 10, okay? Kansas City went mm-hmm. from 27 to 10 with the Buffalo Bills in, in order to get Patrick Mahomes. And the Bills ended up getting a first-round pick the next year, and then the pick they used at 27 was Tredavious White. What a great pick that turned out to be. Trey, it turned yeah, out to yeah. be for the Buffalo Bills. Then the other uh, 10 pick we saw was Josh Rosen, where Arizona went up to go get him, um, and they selected him from UCLA. It ended up not working out because the very next year they, mm-hmm. they decided to go ahead when they had the number one pick, and, and they took Kyler Murray. But we have seen 10 in play. So how far did – how far do the Cowboys want to fall, Gary? That could be that to me could become the thing. If the if there's a trade in play, how far do you fall? The Bears could be there at 20 looking for something. The Patriots at 15 could be looking for something. The Raiders, I think they're maybe 17. They could be looking for something. So there's some teams that could make a move. Before the San Francisco made the trade, I thought, hey, maybe they could do something here. And they did, but they went all the way up to three. So we'll see, man. This thing, this thing, if you're a Cowboy fan, get wild. This is wide open. It could be a possibility. I mean, you look at if, if the Jets decide to hold on to, to Sam Darnold and just get, you know, options around him, get weapons around him, you, you could see one of these quarterbacks drop, you know, a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields drop all the way to 10. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm remarkably, you were completely right about this, uh, about how Fields would get trashed. And I was just like, wow, like I'm watching ESPN, I'm watching all these things. And no matter what's going on, I've never seen somebody drop so far when there's no games to be played. Like there's, he's, he, we've seen what his resume has. He's been to the college football playoffs two years back to back as the Ohio State starting quarterback. And it's just after the games are being played, you say, all right, he's the second best quarterback in his draft. As soon as the games are being right. done, I don't see how he's dropped. I've seen some reports where he's, he's down and maybe pick 15, like you said, pick 15 with the Patriots. So I don't see how someone drops that far when there's no games being played. But like you said, it's just this is how it is nowadays. Hey, man, I go back to when Teddy Bridgewater was criticized for his hands. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. he got small hands, got small hands. And I remember Gil Brandt had tweeted something out about the hands. And then there was another quarterback, and I can't remember the quarterback's name, but the quarterback ended up having the same amount of hands, the same, the same hand size, I should say. And they were like, yo, hands are good. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then Br- Bridgewater and his mom, <laughs> I guess his mom was his agent. And so he got docked on that. And people like his pro day wasn't good that he wore the glove. I mean, it was a bunch of stuff on Bridgewater where this young man ended up getting run down. And um, and it was crazy. It, it was absolutely crazy. So um, I'm not shocked. We saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. who, who else got hit in this process here a couple years ago? So it was Bridgewater, Watson. It was another it was another black quarterback. And, it, and it, it's, it's, my, it's escaping my mind right now, but but we've seen this happen. It, it's just what it is. And Justin Fields, yeah. I told you, was going to be a guy that got hit. Uh, I remember telling Pat Doney, uh, my weekend uh, guy over at NBC5, and, and he didn't believe it about Fields. I was like, dude, just watch. This process is going to kill him because it normally does. And now we see a guy like Mac Jones 
rising up super high, like we saw Mitchell Trubisky. So this is this process can be cold. You just gotta hope that you don't fall in the in the crosshairs of it because it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Deshaun Watson. The very things that Deshaun Watson was criticized for um, his senior year for interceptions by Todd McShay were excused by Todd McShay when Sam Darnold came out. It's like both guys were asked to do a lot by their by their coaching staff. And it resulted in picks, but the coaches were like, hey man, look, um, we don't care. Just 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 stay, you know, <laughs> just, just do your thing. We don't care about the picks. Just, you know, it's all on you. So it's a process. It is, it's tough, man. It is tough. John Feinstein's book, The Quarterback, Doug Williams, talks about uh, these, these instances and these cases for these quarterbacks, man. And it can be an unfair process. And there's going to be some other players that get run down as well. Uh, this is what happens this time of the year. Guys get run down. But turn on the tape is what I just simply say, man. Turn on the tape. And if you're Justin Fields, uh, I feel for him from that standpoint. You're also getting hit for mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins' failures. You're not Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, you know, how come Ohio State quarterbacks don't do anything? Well, until Patrick, until Patrick Mahomes came along, did anybody Texas Tech? Hey, look at anything? Texas Tech. Yeah, exactly. You know, was was anybody producing anything from Mississippi State until Dak Prescott came along? So it's it's uh it, it can be an unfair process. So uh it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. But uh, uh dude, it's a trip, man. So I, I feel for fields. Hey man, the hour has flown by here. Uh happy Easter to you and the church family. Uh Chris Beam, our producer, man. We appreciate you always crushing it and making sure we get on the air to everyone who watch we we really 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 do appreciate it uh you know what tell your friends about the players lines we appreciate it and we will catch you next week i'm newie scrubs from barry church this is players lines on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about that